Oh shit! You are now tuned in to the hottest sports podcast on the internet, Up in Flames, brought to you by your boy, Mo Murphy. This is where you will hear some of the hottest takes in the most raw and uncut fashion, baby. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy, Mo, back with another episode of Up in Flames. Today, I got a special guest. It's a big thing for me because it's my first athlete, former athlete, former Harlem Globetrotters, former college superstar, Anthony Atkinson. So, Ant, can you go ahead and say what's up? What's up, everybody? Yeah, man, this, this, this is a big deal for me. I've never had an athlete on before, and then to be able to kind of get a guy on this kind of platform... It's big for me, but Ant, I'm going to let you go ahead and take it away and just kind of tell us about yourself, where you from, your your career path of what you do now. Um, yeah, I just, I, I'm going to leave the floor up to you. All right. Yeah. Like you said, my name is uh, Anthony Atkinson, born and raised in Wilson, North Carolina. And, um, you know, from there, I actually attended uh, Bedenfield and Greenfield High School. I graduated from Greenfield. Then I went on to play at uh, Campbell University. Then I transferred from there and went to uh, Barton College, where I became a national champion my senior year. And then after that, I went on to play with the Globetrotters for 12 great years. Traveled the world, touched a lot of lives, you know what I'm saying? Great living for me and my family. Uh, I also have a wife and two kids and a dog. <laughs> but uh, um, now I'm back at home after retiring from the Globetrotters at um, coaching head coach head basketball coach at uh wilson preparatory academy right here in wilson so that's a little spiel of what i'm doing now and you know just happy to be back home making an impact on young men's lives yeah that that's great man that's big you know um you don't necessarily see that a lot a lot of people you know once they get away from home and kind of become big time you know i come from a small place like that in florida so you know once they get away from home and become big time they don't necessarily come back and decide to give back, be a head coach at the local high school, you know, and be able to get these kids to the next level and kind of give the knowledge that they got being on that level. Um, so you you played for the Harlem Globetrotters for 12 years. Um, I guess my question for you was, you you know, you had that game winner in um, the Division Two National Championship, You 10 points in 40 right. seconds. So you had a great performance. What made you decide to go the Harlem Globetrotters route as opposed to either A, going to the NBA, or B, going overseas? Well, to be honest, I mean, a lot of people never really heard this. My um, college coach really didn't have a lot of contacts at the next level. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like me, my father, and the SID, the sports information director at Barton, were kind of like solo dolo out there just trying to, you know, find out if I can go overseas, if overseas is a good fit, find out if I can work my way into an NBA workout. But, you know, me being, you know, 5'9 and only weighing about 150, you know what I'm saying, that didn't, you know, vote, vote well for me, you know what I'm saying, going forward and trying to play, you know, on that level, even though I know I could because I played against those guys in college and I played against those guys in high school. But, you know, it's the politics of it, and I understand that. And so I uh, came along and one day I was working out in the gym and um, my SID guy came in and he was just like, yo, Ant, you know, the Globetrotters just reached out and they want you to come down for a tryout. They want to you know, interview you. You know, they love you. They want you to come out. 
and just see, you know, if you would like to be a part of them and they want to make me the first ever draft pick in their first ever draft. So, you know, I went down there, you know, open-minded because, you know, once you do, once I try to join something or think about joining something, I always like to do the history of it, the background of it. And the right. Globe tried to have a lot of great history and background for African-Americans like myself, especially athletes. A lot of people don't know the first African-American to go to the NBA was a Harlem Globetrotter. Guy's name was Nat Sweetwater Clifton. And so, you know, I had that history and to see what they do in the communities, to see how they impact lives on a daily basis. And plus, you know, I make a good living playing the game of basketball. At the end of the day, that's what it's all about. You know, whether right. I'm making millions of dollars, whether I'm making, you know, $100,000, whether I'm making $60,000, if, you know, I'm known as a basketball player when I leave this earth, then, you know, I have done a good job in my life. I want to be known as somebody that made an impact in somebody's life and helped change their life to make them a better person. So going with the Harlem Globetrotter, you know, it wasn't never, oh, I don't really want to do that, you know. But in the inside, I'm still a competitor. But at the same time, you know, that might, I knew, I understood that was God's path for me. And that's what I followed. So. Right. Yeah. And, I, uh, you know, you definitely had a hell of a career with the Harlem Globetrotters. Um I know not a lot of people necessarily watch them, so they don't understand how kind of that, that game works. But, you know, I, I've watched a few of their games. I, I kind of I got to meet them back in the day when I was younger. They was at the Wide World of Sports, so I was able to see right. them play and things like that. So it's going to sound ridiculous to people, but you put up 93 points in a game. Right. You had uh, right. 24-point shots in a row. What was going through your mind at that time? Because people don't know that's seven feet – behind the NBA three-point line. So what was going through your mind when you hit, once you started hitting 10, 11, 12 of those shots in a row, got to, you know, getting to in them 60s and 70s, what was going through your mind at that time? We call it the blackout phase. And the blackout phase is when you just completely zone out. You don't really see nothing but what you're focusing on. You just black out. Everything, else, like, it's like you're in the gym by yourself. I had that same moment in the National Championship game with Bart. I just blacked out. And I was just like, you know, it's now or nothing. And you just go into a zone to where you just snap. And it didn't matter how the ball came to me. It didn't matter what was going on. I didn't see nothing. I didn't hear nothing. All I was logging on was that rim. And, you know, I hit one. I hit two. I hit three. I hit four. And I hit like six or eight in a row before. But once I hit like my tenth one, I think my ninth or tenth one, it was the one that like rattled in and out and spun around the rim and went back in. I was like, yeah, I'm just about to run these off. And... You know, I took, it was the same rhythm, the same repetition every time. And like I said, man, I just blacked out. And I'm the type of player that, you know, I could be going 0 for 5. If I see one go in the rim, that could get me going. And, um, you know, you feed off the crowd, you feel the energy. But once you're shooting the ball, it's like you just locked in. And um, I've actually done that twice, what's crazy about it. I've actually done that twice. I hit uh, 22 four-pointers in England uh, about, what, seven eight years ago, and then two years ago in San Diego, I did it again and hit 22 fours, and I hit that many in a row. So it's uh, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, you know, you just get in one of those zones, man. It's, it's a crazy feeling. It really is. Yeah, yeah. Shooters shoot. You know, like you said, you go 0 for 5, uh, you 10 for 10, you just keep shooting. The shooter going to keep shooting. Um, but, right. but it was crazy to watch it, just knowing that it's tough to shoot. There's a lot of guys out there that can't shoot an NBA three-pointer let alone step back in in seven feet behind the NBA three-point line and just shoot and shoot and shoot and just keep going, making them in a row. You know, that that was definitely crazy to me. Um, so with you being an athlete, with you being a basketball player specifically, 
Um, you know, the NBA is set to return come July. Mm-hmm. So if you were in their shoes under all, everything that's going on right now and with you being a voice out there and being a leader, would you do you understand Kyrie's stance? And if so, would that still stop you from playing or would you still go ahead and play? Um, I think what people have to look at first is, you know, <clears throat> the situation that's going on in the world right now is bigger than basketball. It's always bigger than basketball. Even me, you know, coaching, I tell guys, it's bigger than basketball. You know, so this situation has been going on for a long time, ever since basketball was even founded. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, you know, I feel what Kyrie is saying, but me loving the game like I do, you know, being around in my whole life, you know, loving to compete, I think me personally, I think it would be better. Like if I was in his shoes, I would play. Right. I would play. I would go down there with a positive attitude because what I think he has to understand too, it's also an outlet for people. You know what I'm saying? Like people have missed this game. I, I miss being in the gym working out with my kids. You know what I mean? And it's like you bring that joy back. But also at the same time, he can use that platform. After a game, let's say he, had, he scores 30 or 40 points in a game. After the game, they're going to interview him. Use that platform to get your point across even more because people are going to be tuned in. When right. they're like right now, they're making a mockery out of kind of like what he's doing. You know what I mean? They, they're creating their own narrative. But when he's on that platform and he's in control of the narrative, he can do whatever he want to do. See what I mean? So I think people have to understand it from that, you know what I'm saying, perspective and understand that it is bigger than basketball, but at the same time, Basketball is a huge part of the African-American community. You know what I'm saying? Like, African-Americans draw to sports. Right. And I think, like, LeBron is going to do this. He's going to play. But he's also going to use this as a platform to get his point across that. Don't think we've forgotten about the social injustices, the racism, police brutality, all these things that's going on in the world. But he can use that platform. Now, it's going to be on ESPN live. You know what I'm saying? It's not going to be like, oh, I heard Kyrie said this, or I heard LeBron said this. Now, the camera's going to be right there in front of your face. Billions of people all across the world are going to hear your message on this platform. So I know I, I know me personally, I would play, but also I would use that platform of playing again to make sure here's the message and here's why we're playing. We're playing for our people. We're playing for the African-American community. We're playing so we can have this platform and get across because what people have to think of, you know, People like Bill Russell and Will Chamberlain, they went through this in that day. Right. In an all-white league. Now the league is majority African-American, but back then the league was mostly white. They went through this and they used that platform to speak. And that is what I think the NBA needs to do now. But I totally get where Kyrie is coming from. You know, I, I, I totally get it. I understand. Right. You, you and me basically have the same stance on it because I said the same thing. I was like, these guys are bigger than basketball. A lot of them are. But one thing yeah. to me they do have to realize is your platform first starts started with basketball. Even LeBron James, right. his platform is he's a basketball player. I won't even say he's a basketball player first because everything he's done so much, but like his initial right. reason of why he's so big is because of basketball. And just like you right. said, right after the game, all cameras, all eyes are on you. You can say, look, I understood. We had a great game. I won. I had 30 points. But if the question has nothing to do with – the Black Lives Matter movement, the social injustices, or racism, 
I don't have anything to say. I don't want to talk about the game. Right. The game's over. Right. I would respect that, and that would be using your platform to be bigger than basketball, in my opinion. Exactly. You know, I've never been on that kind of platform. I mean, I played college ball for a little bit, but I've never been a guy who's had that kind of platform where your word matters right. to the point where people listen and I could get my point across in that sense. And if all those guys took that stance, to me, it would be a lot better. Um, they'd right. be it'd be bigger to get their point across, and you have guys. I know LeBron's gonna do it. I know they're gonna be out there in the warmups wearing the Black Lives Matter T-shirts, and right. and probably you know the names of all the people in the most recent events have got killed. George Floyd representations, and I respect whoever decides not to play. Um, if it's because of the social injustice, I kind of would would want to hear their true reason and why. But you know, also right. with COVID nineteen, I understand the health right. concerns. Um, I understand for some guys with families who aren't necessarily with their families, I understand, you know, like Trevor Reason not playing. It's summertime for them. Typically every year is summertime for them. So he, he won't be able to be with his kid. I understand that Avery Bradley don't feel comfortable. His kid has health issues. I fully understand all that. But if it's solely because of social injustice, I would want to hear your true reasoning or during that time, where are you going to be and what are you going to do other than just post on social media? Which is still big enough, but to me, like, what are you really gonna do if you're not if you're not gonna play with your teammates, but you're gonna do it? You know, you're gonna sit out for social injustice. Then what's the next move? If your next move is a great move or a good move, it makes sense. You you know, I can't really say nothing as a fan, as a guy who loves to talk sports. I can't really say nothing about it, and I respect it. But you know, with all that, since the NBA is coming back, and once again, like I say, since you are a true hooper, who do you think? is going to win the championship? Who would you like to see, or who do you think is going to win the championship this year? Um, To be honest, I don't see – I can't – this is me personally. I can't see nobody beating the L.A. Clippers for a game. I, I can't. And the reason why I say that, you know, you have LeBron, you have Anthony Davis, and they're, they're going to be good. Avery Bradley is a key piece. He's a defender, lockdown defender. He can guard, and he's tough as saying He can knock down open shots. Um, you look at the Clippers lineup, man, you have a guy like Kawhi. You have a guy like PG. You have Pat Beverly, who's a dog. Then you go to when I like you got Montrez. You got Lou Williams. You got everything that's going on. I, and then you got a great coach in Doc Rivers. I can't <clears throat> I can't see nobody beating them in four games. That's just my personal opinion. I love the way they play. I love the way they defend. They have a lot of mismatch problems all around. So it'll be interesting. I think the most interesting thing with the uh, playoffs is going to be who comes from the East. I think that's going to be a battle within itself. A lot of people think the Bucks is going to walk through everybody, but I I don't see it like that. You know, I, Toronto's a formidable opponent. They've been there before. Then you have the Celtics that are young and hungry. I, I like I like what they're doing there. So uh, it's going to be interesting who comes out the East. But I think I, I can't I can't see nobody beating the Clippers four games like I can't yeah I mean that's respectable and like I said it is I'm a big LeBron fan my team is the Heat but I'm a big LeBron fan you know my favorite player all time is D-Wade so I'm a huge Heat fan and I would love to see my Heat come out of this champions um I feel like it'd be a little bit of an asterisk just because if they did win I think it would have a lot to do with people sitting out and just who's healthier and things like that but everybody is coming in healthy um, I'm a big believer that the only way there's a true asterisk on the championship, I think, is if LeBron wins it. I think other people are going to put an asterisk on it because there's nobody else in the league chasing Jordan 
and getting close to Jordan right. other than LeBron James. So I definitely do think um, anybody else would be credited as champions if LeBron and them win. I think it'll be more of an asterisk and people get on those talk shows and say it doesn't count. Right. He has three and a half rings or we're not going to count this ring towards his legacy. When realistically, I think right. LeBron's legacy is on the line this year and maybe next year of winning a championship, you know, with joining the Lakers. All the great late, all the great Lakers won championships and you he could arguably be the greatest player to ever put on a Lakers uniform. So to solidify that, you got to win a championship. But I do understand That's what right. you're saying with the Clippers of just coming out of all this, not being able to practice. It might just come out the it might just come down to who has more dogs, who has more talent, who's deeper on that bench cuz you know, yeah. I'm pretty sure these guys going to be out of shape. It's going to take them eight regular right. season games to get back rolling. And you see a lot of times these new rosters get together and they get it take them three, four, five months till close to playoff time for them to get to be rolling and get that chemistry going. So they're going to have to re get all this chemistry established again all over. So it might benefit some teams and hurt other teams. But um, I definitely respect your opinion. I would argue it. I, I want to see the Lakers win just because I know realistically my Heat probably not going to win. And I want to see LeBron, you know, go for that GOAT status. But, um, you know, like I said, I was going to keep it short and simple with you. I, I appreciate you getting on with me for a quick little 15, 20-minute talk, man. It's been an honor to have you be my first athlete on here. So, we're ending it. Can you give us your where to follow you and where to be able to keep up with you and your Wilson Prep guys for the next year and years to come? Yeah, man. And just a shout-out Wilson Prep, too, man. We're going to have a special year this year, man. You know, we got – nine or ten guys returning I'm, I'm expecting us to you know make some noise in the 1a division of the nchsaa in north carolina and um you know I'm, I'm looking forward to it man coach coaching is a passion you know i've always had coaching in my system so i'm looking forward to it but we have the wpa hoops you know on twitter we have wpa hoops on instagram you know with some prep hoops with some prep hoops on twitter and instagram and then also you know you can follow me at little ant 11 12 on instagram and I think my name handle on Twitter is Ant Atkinson12, if I'm not mistaken. So uh, we have all of those. So I mean, you know, follow us. You know, you know, I post videos all the time and highlights of my guys and things that we do. So I'm trying, I'm trying to you know let people kind of follow our, our story, man. It's gonna be one, um, you know, for the ages. Once these guys, you know, get back on the court and can see, you know how much it means and how quickly something can be taken away from that. I think everybody appreciate life and everything around them a little more now since all this COVID-19 stuff is here. So it's going to be special, but man, I appreciate you for having me on the uh, your podcast, man. And um, I just can't wait to hear it, man, and go on from there. Yes, sir. And like I said, man, once again, it was an honor to have you. Thank you for your time. I appreciate it. We all going to be following Wilson Prep. No so, you know, I'm definitely going to give them some shout, shout outs here and there. My right. boy Dante helping with that organization so oh, yeah. i definitely been following them already anyway but like i said i right. appreciate you for getting on the show man and hopefully have you in the near future sometime down the line when y'all season gets started but i do appreciate it man no doubt man